abundance. We all want more of it. Health, relationships, career, prosperity. To be human is to strive for more. There's ample advice on how to create abundance. We need to have positive thoughts and believe in ourselves. But what happens if positive thinking doesn't come naturally? Are we doomed? I'm Jill McCabe, author, entrepreneur, negative thinker turned optimist, and your host on the Thinking Vitamins podcast. For years, I struggled to believe in myself. And for years, I fell short of my goals and aspirations. Until I learned a nifty bit of neuroscience that taught me how we can all rewire our brains to have more positive thoughts, self-belief, and abundance. That's what I created Thinking Vitamins for. Thinking Vitamins are sticky ideas, mantras, and perspective shifts that retrain your brain to expect good things to happen to you. So I ask you, are you ready to boost your abundance? Let's dive in. Welcome to episode three of Thinking of Vitamins, where today's question is how to overcome the guilt associated with going after a dream. Huh? Guilt with going after dreams? What, what's that about? Well, here's something I've noticed. I've noticed that a lot of people will come up with a dream. They'll, they'll want to do something new. They'll want to change. I mean, in my experience, I get a lot of people who change their careers and start businesses. And I see a lot of examples related to that. And oftentimes, just as soon as people say, you know, I know I want to do something entrepreneurial. I know I want to do something on my own. The next thing out of their mouth is, yeah, but I just, that's a risk. I don't, I don't know if I can do that to my family. People count on me. And I hear this a lot. I hear people having these dreams, wanting these futures, wanting to create something new, wanting to get involved with life more and, and feel more joy. And then just as the moment that slips past their lips, it's like, oh, I, I, I don't know if I should do that or I have guilt of doing that or maybe that's bigger than me. And that's exactly where that guilt comes from. Where does that guilt come from? That guilt wouldn't come from like, – if you knew you were going to succeed. You wouldn't have that guilt because you'd be like, I'm, I'm going to be super successful. So that guilt often comes from a lot of very surreptitious places about, you know, it's, it's doubt in ourselves. It's questioning whether we belong in this new dream. Do we belong in this new dream? Or maybe what I have is all that I was meant for. And so in today's episode, I really want to help you Break open the box of what's possible for you. And that, I deeply believe, will help you go after a dream because I, I do know, I do know from my personal practice of helping people build businesses that leave room for life, and I've been helping people do that for years, that that guilt of going after a dream of some someone somehow losing is not accurate. When we go after things that are important to us, our, we're happier, our hearts are happier, we bring more joy into the home. And I, there isn't someone I've worked with who hasn't told me they have better relationships with their kids, with their spouses, with their families when they're being true to themselves. So today it's really important for me to look at what keeps us from being true to ourselves. 
and of course, a thinking vitamin for what we can do about that. Thinking vitamins with Jill McCabe. My inspirational model for today's story on thinking vitamins is actually my grandmother. It's still Women's History Month as I am recording episode number three. And that makes me think of an absolutely mind-bogglingly cool woman that I had the honor of, of witnessing the way she behaved as a young girl. And it totally broke open the box for what I thought of when I thought of women. Uh, so let's let's tell you a little bit about Grandma Louise. Her name was Louise O'Brien, and this is one feisty woman that had no guilt. It apparently had very little guilt about going after her dreams. And that was very much about her honoring who she was. So Here's a few vignettes from Grandma Louise's life that really blew me away when I was a child. Uh, so Grandma Louise was born in 1905. She was born in 1905. So just imagine, just around the turn of the century, this woman was born. And so you can imagine all the rules and expectations that there might have been around women born at that time. You you look at the expectations around women now and and then think back, well, what must it like been like, you know, nearly over a hundred years ago, almost 120 years ago, it would have been that much harder. Uh-huh. So let's take a look at what Louise O'Brien, Grandma Louise, accomplished. First of all, one of my early, early memories is of a story I was told about her when she got to her 18th birthday. So she was known as quite a tomboy, sort of out there running around doing things that women weren't supposed to do. And one of the things that she was notably did was uh, on her 18th birthday, her brothers actually to tease her and make fun of her and show her who she wasn't. Okay. That's the story that I got. Gave her a car, a Model T Ford. And back then you could order cars in parts and sort of put them together. And that's exactly what they did. They gave her a car in parts, kind of sniggering, thinking, ha ha, she'll never get that done. Well, wrong, wrong, and wrong. She got that car built, okay? This is a woman now in, in the early 1920s building a car by herself on her front lawn with some help from friends. So she ended up driving that car for years, and that was pretty cool. 
You know, she went on in her early 20s, get this, hold on to your seat, to become a pilot, a pilot, people. (laughs) And this is something that my mom and uh, her siblings didn't even know about their mother until after their father passed away. My mother's father passed away when she was a young girl. And so this also, Louise O'Brien would have lost her husband with four young children. Now that you can imagine was not easy. You know, you can imagine that there would have been a lot of things in the, you know, 19, I think it was the 1930s or 40s that that uh, might have happened. And that was really hard on them. And they were up, you know, upstairs cleaning the attic one day and they actually came across this pilot gear. <laughs> and um, they were like, what's this? And apparently Grandma Louise responded, oh, you know, that was one deal I made with your dad that I wouldn't expose you to all these dangerous things that I did. Uh, and she, you know, she kept her word on that one. Shortly after her husband died, she decided, you know, she needed to do something for money. And so she decided to become a school teacher. And she also needed to do something, I think, for herself. Um, She became a school teacher and she got certified as a teacher. And she went on to get her first role as a school teacher in Connecticut. And this is something that really, I think, illustrates the theme of today's podcast very strongly which is she ended up doing that for a while and quitting. And she quit because she was extremely concerned. She was extremely concerned that the school curriculum that she had been given to teach did not teach enough problem solving or what she called independent thinking. What it taught was a lot of rote learning and she didn't want to be a part of people just recycling what they thought and believed. She wanted people to be able to have the cognitive ability to think for themselves. This is, I mean, this is really truly extraordinary when we dial into the fact that this is a you know a mature woman in her 60s, single mom, um, taking care of these four kids, kind of saying, no, it's I I really need to commit to women or to people who be, who become independent thinkers. So then she goes on. And she decides, and this is back when Capitol Hill in Washington is a slum, okay? And this is, again, a single woman starts renovating houses, okay? So she's she's like one of the early people in the movement of regenerating neighborhoods and renovating houses and getting press for, for doing this. So really, just, just a woman who went after her heart. And the last little vignette I'll tell you about this remarkable woman, just, and and how the world sees us and puts us in boxes and how we also sometimes see ourselves and put ourselves in boxes. So there's a story my mom has. Now this one's in the seventies and my mom is living in Canada and she went to visit her mother, my grandmother in Connecticut. So my grandmother picks her up at, at Hartford Airport airport in Connecticut. It's winter. And so there's been a terrible storm. There's snow everywhere in Canada. And I can't remember if there's snow in Connecticut at this point, but I do know that due to the snowstorm, my mother's flight was delayed by three or four hours. So my mother was supposed to get in at, you know, three or 4 p.m. in the afternoon, and she didn't arrive until 7 p.m. Now, this was meaningful because Grandma Louise had made a dinner reservation at a restaurant an hour away. 
Now that restaurant closed at 8 p.m. It was 7 p.m. It was an hour away. They were still just loading my mom's, you know, luggage in the car. And this is back, remember folks, like if we can remember, no cell phones, okay? <laughs> there's no there's no opportunity to go call this restaurant. So they have to get there before the restaurant closes. And so Grandma Louise is, she liked to drive fast. Like the woman was a pilot. She was into cars. She drove fast. She was no, at one point she was driving so fast to get away from an accident. There's like a story where she took a, you know, a, a rear view mirror <laughs> off the side of her car. <laughs> Not on this event though. On this event, she was just whizzing through these curvy roads in Connecticut. They're kind of like winding roads if you don't know the region. And she's just going so fast. And so she gets pulled over by a police officer. And the police officer comes up to the car and the first words out of his mouth, and this is what my mother, you know, really remembered, was he went, oh, you, I can't believe, you know. Oh, and then he said, this is what my mother said, word for word, well, at your age, now she would have been in her 70s at this point. And my grandmother looked at him and said, and exactly what is wrong with my age? Well, he just lit into her. He said, you should be providing an example for youth and behaving this way. And he just gave, like, he just lit into her and he was lecturing her. And, you know, she said something to the effect of, well, well, officer, listen, that's all very fine and well, but my daughter has come, her plane was late, we have a dinner reservation, and if you continue to lecture me, I'm going to have to drive even faster. So hurry up and give me my ticket. <laughs> oh, it's just like so funny. Sorry. So so yeah, so he's like, oh my gosh, right? So he doesn't give her a ticket. He's like, lady, just drive safely. And he gave some words of like consolation to my mother, like, good luck. <laughs> so off they go. They made it to dinner. And and that was kind of that. So we have sort of heaps of stories like this one about this woman. And why why did I think of sharing that? Well, first of all, I mean, just how remarkable, how remarkable that a woman born in this time was able to have such independent thought. Had, had she limited herself by what was expected of a woman, you know, in her time or what was expected of a widow in her time even, she could have made very safe choices for herself. But she had this incredible independence and this willingness to honor who she was. And of course, I didn't get to meet the young Louise O'Brien. Gosh, that would have been incredible. But I have had the honor of working with a lot of people who've made the decision to go after their dreams, particularly late in life. That's what's going to bring me to today's thinking vitamin. One of the erroneous beliefs that, that comes up, as I mentioned in the beginning, is we go to go after a dream. And just as soon as we think of it, we start to think of all the people who have come 
have become used to the role we've been in, and they want us to stay in that role, and we want to continue to be in that role for them. It's interesting because at the same time, we also tend to want other people to go for their dreams, right? We also tend to cheer for others and say, go for your dream, do your thing, especially when it comes to youth. But we know from science that people will not do what you say, they will do what you do, right? Your actions speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying is a very famous quote. And one of the things we want to remember is if we truly want to create the kind of world where not just you are happy, but you are happy, your family is happy, your your kids, if you have them, are happy, the people around you are happy, then it starts by you being willing to go after your dream and to understand that perhaps there will be uh, some disappointment as you move into a new way of being with the people around you. But that is short-lived. And I can tell you from my life that that disappointment is short-lived. And it, again, it's this erroneous, well, I can't have both. And so one thinking vitamin I'm going to give you for today is why not both? Why can't you go after a dream and continue to be a wonderful part of somebody's life? This is something I bought in for years to the idea that to be an entrepreneur, I had to work hard. And I worked, I worked like nuts. Like I worked crazy hard. I worked evenings and weekends and my business was barely making it. And no, that, that was a, you know, I have to choose, right? My dream or my family, or I have to choose entrepreneurship or a life that simply wasn't true. And for years, I actually allowed myself to work less. I started working two days a week instead of two nights a week, instead of five nights a week. I started working one day on the weekend instead of both days on the weekend. Oh, I started making more money. And then I dropped those two nights a week and I worked no nights a week, one day on the weekend. Oh, I started making more money. Then I'm like, heck, I'm not going to work on my weekends. I dropped that. Oh, I started doing better. So did it happen instantly? No. But over time, it was this, it was not a true choice. I didn't have to choose between family or contribution or being with others and my dreams. So that's one thing I want you to think about. But an, another thing that I think is is really something that I wanted to leave you with today is the willingness to ask yourself the question, you know, if I couldn't fail, if I couldn't fail, if I knew I would succeed, if I put five to seven years of concerted effort towards something really big, and that might be longer than you want to put towards it, but just ask this question. If I put five to seven years of concerted effort towards something really big and I was guaranteed success, what would I do? What would I do? And I want you to ask that question because I have found that the guilt of going after dreams has actually caused us to not dream big enough. And so not only do I want you to think about what you can do, and not only do I want you to be an independent thinker, if we could all be 10% of Louise O'Brien, you know, it would be so cool. Um, Not only do I want you to remember that your success and your going after something that brings you joy will actually cause other people to follow in your footsteps. 
but I want you to dream bigger. And I want you to think about what would I do if I put five, if I could put five to seven years towards something like a concerted effort and I could be amazing and I was guaranteed success, what would I do? And I would love to hear about, follow me on social media. Let me know what you come up with. Are you finding bigger dreams for yourself? I have to think that you will. And that is today's episode. Thinking vitamins with Jill McCabe. Boost your abundance in every way. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to my brand new Thinking Vitamins podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the show, I'd be grateful if you'd take a moment to like, follow on your favorite platforms, and share with one or two of your friends who've been seeking more abundance. If you'd like additional resources, including a free copy of my book, It's Go Time, by visiting thinkingvitamins.com. That wraps up what I have for you today. Until next time, remember, when it comes to training your mind to expect success, repetition wins. Practice your thinking vitamins every day and you will become more abundant in every way. Change your mind and change your life. See you next week.